0: Well, it's good to be together with you today. Uh, If you've been with us the past two weeks, uh, we've been looking at characters in the Bible who were called by name, by God, and the difference that that makes in their life. We're gonna return to that work next week. But I wanted to take uh, this week to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, talk about what we're doing behind the scenes and why I personally believe what we're talking about is so crucial to a life of faith, um, that I'm hopeful for, for myself and for all of us. Um, you may know, if you know anything about me, uh, that I have a special fondness in my heart for a camp called Camp Don Lee. It's a United Methodist camp on the banks of the Neuse river. Uh, I grew up going there as a kid. My kids go there. My mom went there as a kid. Uh, so I don't know if you've got a place, uh, in your life like that, that's just been a part. It's just a cool gift to have that. Um, and what's particularly cool now is that this place that shaped and formed my faith that really nurtured my calling uh, when I was sensing a call to ministry? Um, this same place invites me to come back uh, most summers to be a pastor in residence for a week, and I love that so much. Uh, it gives me a chance to get away for a week. I can do some good brainstorming on big sticky notes uh, for our church family here. Uh, and then in between the brainstorming, I get to sing some camp songs, go sailing, uh, you know, eat in the dining hall, all the things that I love to do. and I get a chance to interact with campers, uh, preach a few sermons, but I don't have a ton of time with them. And so I have to be real judicious about what it is that I talk about, what the things that matter. I want to make sure I take those opportunities. And so one of the things that I do every time I get the chance is I read them Psalm 139. Um, I would encourage you to go read the whole thing for yourself. It's a beautiful uh, prayer of thanksgiving uh, about a God who is active and alive in our lives, uh, who made us. Here's the part of it that I particularly like to read to them. It says, For you, uh, it was you, O God, who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How awesome is that line! Wonderful are your works that I know full well. My frame was not hidden for you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, oh God, fearfully and wonderfully made. There's this beautiful idea, right, that God made us and loves us as we are. And I think for kids, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth grade, not to say kids younger or older don't need to hear it or that we don't need to hear it, but what a great reminder to kids who just for them, identity, who they are, whether they belong anywhere, it's just up in the air. And I get a chance pulling words from Isaiah in the Old Testament about how God sticks with us, even when we get ourselves into terrible situations or from Ephesians, where Paul says we're the handiwork of an expert craftsman. You need to pull all that together and remind these kids that they are fearfully and wonderfully made and that God loves them and knows them and wants to be known by them. You hear it? There we are, right? Um, when I'm doing this, I love to read them a book um, called uh, You Are Special uh, by Max Licato, and it's a story about uh, the land of the Wimmicks, and in particular, Punchinello. Uh, Punchinello was a wimmick Wimmicks were small, wooden people crafted by Eli, who lived in a house up on the hill, and the lives of the Wimmicks were much like ours. They you know, had lives and they went around and did those things. But as they were doing those things, unlike our lives, um, they would get either gold stars or gray dots. They would get a gold star if they ran the fastest or jumped the highest or had pristine paint jobs. If they had nicks or, you know, crevices carved out of them or if they weren't that fast or were just generally unremarkable, made a mistake, they would get a gray dot. Punchinello was full of gray dots. One day he meets another Wemmick named Lucia and she has no stars and no dots, which is a unusual thing in the land of the Wemmicks. And so he asks her, like, how does that happen? And she says, well, I just go visit Eli every day. And eventually we see Punchinello work up the courage to go visit Eli, the, the craftsman. And when he walks in the door, Eli says, Punchinello calls him by name. I've been waiting for you. And over the course of his visits, you know, it doesn't all happen at once, but over the course of his visits, Punchinello comes to know and to trust Eli and to recognize that Eli knows him, crafted him just the way he wanted him to be, and loves him just as he is. And as he comes to that knowledge, all of a sudden, one day, the dots just start falling off. What a great gift to give to the kids who are there. I mean, think about the class bully or the kid up the street or the upperclassman, whoever it is, like everyone is vying to like define these kids in their own image. And I get a chance, we get a chance to remind them that they are fearfully and wonderfully made by a craftsman who crafted them just the way they're intended to be. What a great gift to them, right? And again, doesn't hurt for us to hear it as well. Now, I, you can put all of this together. I don't need to break down the reason that I'm reading the story of the Wimmicks to them. Um. But I love, I love to be able to remind them that with God, there is unconditional belonging and restored identity, right? That they have a craftsman who's done just the same thing for them. Um, but what I'd like to do is go a layer behind that today. I want to pull back the curtain, like I said earlier on that, and tell you why I think that's not just a meaningful thing for them, but why it's such an essential thing for us as the church to be offering this opportunity uh, to these kids. Um, uh, about 10 or 15 years ago, I read a book, called Almost Christian by uh, Kenda Creasy-Dean. And she was leaning on some work uh, on a book called Soul Searching, which took and synthesized this huge data set about the spiritual lives of American teenagers. And uh, in it, they both call like the theological assumptions that our youth on these days are making. They call it moralistic therapeutic deism. They say it's not Christianity. It is a watered down version called moralistic Therapeutic deism. And and maybe it'd be helpful to come back to some more details on that in the weeks to come. Uh, But in short, moralistic therapeutic deism is shaped by a couple of core assertions. One is that God exists and created the world, but is largely uninvolved in human affairs. Uh, Two, the central goal of life is to be good, right? To be a good person and to be happy. That's what we should be aiming at. Third, that God's not actively involved in our lives unless we need something, and that's when God can get involved probably if you're a good person, Uh, and four, good people go to heaven when they die. Now, again, on the face of it, a lot of that sounds like Christianity. Sounds kind of Jesus-ish, Christianity adjacent. Uh, But in essence, this is a watered-down individualistic form of religion that emphasizes moral behavior and personal happiness above all else. It places greater emphasis on self-help and personal well-being. It may seem like Christianity, but in a sense, what it's allowing us to do is kind of reject the harder parts of our faith that confront us or invite us to conform to Christianity. And instead, in this version, sort of it requires minimal commitment. It accommodates our desire to like chart our own course, right, for our own individual autonomy. And it fits really well in the kind of the broader cultural world in which we live, the values of the world, uh, particularly around consumerism and self-fulfillment. In my mind, in my words, what she kind of helped come to mind for me was a difference between uh, what I sometimes call a passive faith and an, uh, a vital faith. A passive faith is a faith that rests and relies on others. Um, it doesn't really, it knows about Jesus, but it doesn't know Jesus, right? Uh, it just sort of ascribes mentally to some things, but is unencumbered uh, by actually having to wrestle with tough stuff. In our lives in uh, a vital faith which is a faith that's active and alive is always growing is always challenging us is pushing and pressing us is challenging our assumptions um and uh, and you know actively pays attention to the idea that god is actively paying attention to us right and is involved in our everyday life and world now the linchpin between moralistic therapeutic deism and christianity the linchpin between a passive faith and an act and a vital faith uh, I think, is this idea that we can know God and that God desires to be known by us. So when I keep saying that week after week and I said, this has the power to change our life, like I really believe that it has the power to change our lives, right? To change everything in it. So that's what I want to instill in the kids before I spin them around and send them back out to their church uh, or to go and find a church. And I'm always hopeful that when I send them back out, uh, I've shifted their understanding of who God is, Right to a God that's active and alive and at work that knows me and wants to be known by me rather than this like cosmic vending machine God that if I put the right amount of money in and I punch the right code with my life, God will dispense to me goods and services, right? I wanna shift them from attending church to being attentive to God, right? I wanna make the shift from uh, attendance to attention. I showed up at church, I showed up at Sunday school, I went to youth group, I did my thing, I checked my box to being attentive to the activity of God in our everyday ordinary walking around lives. I want to shift them from this idea that we are spiritual by association. We rely on the faith of others to tell us who we are to owning their own faith, like wanting to grow and study and learn. And I want to shift them from a God confirms mentality to an I conform mentality. Like I already know that I'm right. And I want to prove that to everyone else. So I search the scriptures until I find a place where it sounds like God is confirming this thing I already believe. And then I can use that Bible verse to prove to everyone just how smart and right I actually was. And I, you know, a God confirms mentality to an I conform mentality where we're searching the scriptures. We're searching prayerfully. We're searching in community um, to discover what it is that God actually has in mind for us. Life that is real life. Uh, life that we were created to have, are being called to have, and to let that reshape and reform who I am, right? So not this haughty God confirms what I believe, but a very humble God is conforming me uh, to what God has in store, what my Eli, my master craftsman, has in mind for me and for my life. I hope, I hope that I'm giving that to them, uh, even in that one short week. Uh, But if I'm real honest with you, uh, it's not just that this is what I hope for for them. I mean, all the youth that Kendra Creasy-Dean was writing about are in their 20s and 30s now. And more than that, she's not trying to say, hey, listen, this is their problem. They've got this thing twisted up. She's saying that we as adults, we've got it twisted up. And this is what we're passing down. This is what we're handing off to our kids. This is on us. This isn't just something I hope for uh, for the campers. Uh, This is something that I hope for for myself. It's something I hope for for my kids. And honestly, it's something I hope for for all of us. Um, And the shift happens. The shift happens, I believe, when we know God, not just know about, but know God through Jesus Christ, and when we know that we are known by God. When I say that this has the power to change and transform everything, this is what this is what I mean. So last week, I said that uh, all of these weeks, we're going to challenge you over the course of it to press into a vital faith, actively pursuing a relationship with God, who is actively pursuing a relationship with you. This is what I meant. And this is why I believe it's so important. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we give you thanks um, that you are active and alive in our lives, that you know us and that you desire to be known by us. And that in the midst of this, um, we receive what we need in order to have a a faith that's alive and well, vital and active. Uh, But honestly, sometimes that's real, real hard. Uh, And so we confess to you that at times, Uh, We would rather see you as a cosmic vending machine, uh, that it'd be easier to not have to be, uh, you know, conformed to things, to be challenged and transformed, be easier just to make sure you confirm what we already believe. Uh, We ask for the grace and for the wisdom and for the friends in relationship with us who love us enough to help us press through uh, that easy ascribing, mentally ascribing uh, to a watered down passive faith. Uh, but that instead we would hear you call our name again, once more inviting us uh, to a faith that is active and alive and vital and life-giving. And we trust that that's what you want to do uh, because we trust in the one you sent to do it, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, it's been great to worship with you together during this time. Uh, we'd love to invite you to come and join us for worship in person or online, live on Sunday mornings or throughout the week. You can find more information about our worship times or worship with us online at fbumc.org. And while you're there, uh, you can find plenty of ways to connect with us, uh, whether that's uh, connecting in sort of an opportunity for community around here or serving the greater Fuquay community around us. Uh, so we'd love to invite you to join us for those If this is a resource that provides you spiritual sustenance and you'd like to partner with us in making it possible for everyone else while you're there, the top right hand corner, there's a button that says give, or you can go to fvumc.org slash give and make a gift there that makes the mission and ministry of this place possible. We're so thankful for everyone who partners with us uh, to do just that. Listen, it's been great. It's been great to be together with you uh, in this moment. And we look forward to worshiping again with you real soon. We'll see you then.